Welcome to another episode of What's Your Story with Joelle Gibson. My guest today is someone who I wanted to have on as soon as I even came up with the idea of starting this podcast. Kathy and I have been friends for a few years now, and the moment that she introduced me to what she does with energy work and energy healing, I was just so completely fascinated, and she has helped me overcome a lot of pain and trauma that I have been living with um, throughout my life. And we met at church, and so this episode does talk a lot about spirituality and our religious beliefs, um, because those are important things to us, and um, obviously important to her as she navigates um, energy healing. Um, I loved this episode because we talk a lot about misconceptions people have, um, especially members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, may have in regards to energy work and energy healing, and I feel like Kathy explains it in such um, a great way and um, is really good at helping at least me understand that um, it's not witchcraft. Um, it's not dark magic. It's not in place of God or anything like that. It's really about learning to love yourself and have faith in yourself and, um, be able to really heal. I, I love our conversation and, um, we spoke for such a long time. And one thing that's really special is, um, at the end of this episode, we ended it very differently. Um, Kathy led me in a guided meditation and we actually recorded it and um, I will be posting that soon so you guys can have that resource and um, help your help yourself heal and feel good and be grounded and um, begin to live a better life. So I hope you enjoy. This is What's Your Story, Kathy. do with Callie but well I don't think I'd ever really want okay I miss the beach let's just be honest I miss the beach I miss being able to go to the beach like I I grew up 20 minutes from the beach and it was so convenient to go and like we could get up early go surfing in the morning yeah you know like it was fun I loved I love the beach I'm a water and beach person like Mm -hmm. but um it's so different now yeah. And even like my friends that live there still, they're just like, it's, it's not like how, when we grew up, you know, it's very political. It's very like you're, you have to keep up appearances and you mm. have, you know, it's very like that. Not that it wasn't when I was growing up, it was very yeah. Orange County, Didn't like housewives. in Orange County? Yeah. Yeah. So That's like, crazy. I loved watching the housewives. housewives. <laughs> I was like, that's totally the way it is. Like, really? Oh, yeah. But it's even I mean, worse now. Like, it's it's yeah. so much worse because there's more people like that. Whereas when I was younger, it was more those were kind of like the, oh, wow, look at their. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're very stereotyp- stereotypical. But now it's like there's even more of them, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'm sure the show only, like, added to it. Yes. That's why I I'm curious so. to see what happens to Salt Lake City after The Real Housewives. Yeah. Have you watched any of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Kathy, please. I, <laughs> I know I haven't. No, I, know. Don't, I don't really recommend it. I feel like, I just feel like you wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do highlight a lot of our church culture mm-hmm. and how damaging that is. Yeah. Well. 
Did you find that? Like, did you live in Utah for a time? Oh, yeah. Did you find that the culture was too... Really? I love it. Yeah. And so like when my kids talk about that, how they want to live in Utah, I'm just like, why? <laughs> well, it's so beautiful. Oh yeah, for sure. And we have yeah. family there. So of yeah. course they want to go there. Yeah. And I was talking about it with Steven today and he's like, well, I spent two days in Utah and I can tell you that it was great. Like I loved it and people are nice and all of my companions were from Utah mm-hmm. and they were great people. Like, I'm not saying that the people aren't great. I'm saying that when it's a highly populated LDS community, it's just natural for that culture to spill into everything else. Like, you can't buy alcohol on Sundays, which, I mean... Is that still true? Well, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, they do have... Um... They have a lot of laws around alcohol, like, even oh, yeah. at restaurants and stuff. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. But, like, growing up in California and then moving there. Yeah. Um, I moved there when I was 16. I think it was. I think. I was either 16 turning 17. No, it was. I was 16, and then I shortly after I moved there, I turned 17. And it's a totally different culture. Like, yeah different and honestly it was hard because I went from this like not that we were we all went to the same school because we didn't like none of us really went to the same school in California yeah but we were a, a close-knit group of like laurels you know right. like the laurel class which isn't anymore but you know yeah. like that the older girls and young women's class whatever yeah. it's called now yeah and we were like we were good friends, even though we didn't hang out very much other than at church, but it, it was just like, you know, you, you knew each other had the same values and, you know, morals and standards. And we were good to each other in that way. And yeah. like, like I said, we didn't hang out, but it, it was good to have that. Yeah. Moved to Utah. No, none of the girls my age went to church. Oh, really? I was the, it was literally every Sunday, me and the Laurel advisor. And that was it. <laughs> well, there are so many different wards and branches. Well, yeah, in Utah, that's true. Right? But like, there were so many people oh, my goodness. age and I didn't know any of them until, cause we moved there at the beginning of summer. And so I never started school oh. until the fall and I didn't know anybody because yeah. nobody went to church. And even when I went to church or sorry, when I went to school, I was like, Oh, they live in my ward. Oh, okay. But they never went to church. Like they went to the YSA or they didn't go at all. But I was the only one every single week. And it was so dumb. I was like, (laughs) and this is Utah. (laughs) Do you find it hard to fit in there? Yeah, but I've always found it hard to fit. Like no matter where you've been. (laughs) Yeah. I've always been kind of different. I was the differenter one. (laughs) I was going to try and make it just you can see my like lips being like, like go ahead go ahead you can say it i was different I was. what is your earliest memory oh gosh here we go because <laughs> i've been thinking about this ever since you oh, like good. sent me the list good. this is it and you're gonna be like what oh, okay my earliest memory was my parents had this huge bedroom with double doors and my crib was here in the corner and i remember laying in my crib as a, i don't know how old i was but I'm sure I was quite little because I was in a crib still. Yeah. And one of their doors was open 
the other one was blocked by the crib in the corner that I was in. And I remember the lights being on downstairs in the living room and I could hear people laughing and, and I kept thinking, everyone's having fun but me. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, but that's totally my first memory. I remember wow. laying in my crib. And that and thought. that Yeah, the thought that everyone's having fun but me. That's so and here I am, like stuck in this crib, and everyone's having fun but me. Yeah, and and I'm like, I wish I had a different memory. That's not a very good memory. That's kind of like a wow. <laughs> Where do you fall in the line with your siblings? Like, I'm what? the youngest of seven. You're the youngest. Yeah. So that's an interesting memory to have as the youngest because yeah. there are many moments in my life where I could relate to that. You know, everyone's having fun. I had to go to bed. I know. <laughs> How old were you when you realized like there was something? different about you <laughs> very young <laughs> very young like did you have any knowledge of energy work or energy healing nope growing up I just knew at a very young age that if I if someone was hurt and I could put my hands on them I knew how to take the pain away really mm -hmm. that's a powerful thing to know when you're young yeah what, I just knew. What was like your one of your first experiences with that? It, and the other thing was that I knew it worked on other people, not necessarily on me. Because oh, like yeah. I would get hurt and I wouldn't, maybe I just wouldn't think to do it on myself. But I know I never, like I'd scrape my knee and I'd just kind of like brush it off and yeah, keep going, you know. But other people, I would feel like intense empathy. Mm. And I knew if I could just put my hand on it or you know like I even sometimes like visualize just like putting my hand on it I knew that it would help them and that was a very very young age like really? I remember finding we lived in a two-story house and the roof was terracotta and it had like the these um little areas where birds would build nests and sometimes the baby birds would fall and I would feel so sad finding these baby birds on the sidewalk by my pool. And I just would feel like if I could have just, you know, yeah. like just been there to catch that baby bird or, you know, like whatever. It was very, very traumatic. I was always very sensitive to other people's pains, other things. But my mom wrote down in a journal from when I was very young, like I'm talking, I was probably six or seven years old. And I'd been sick and I don't know what I was sick with, but my mom, bless her heart, yeah. she wrote this in a journal and I'm so grateful because she said that I had been very sick and, um, she had come out of the kitchen and I was sitting on the stairs and she asked if I was okay. And I said, yes, but Jesus was just here talking with me and told me that I not, I need to not take medication that I need to just, I can get over it, but I need to not take a bunch of medication. And like, it was something, something like this, that it was like, okay. okay. And my mom wrote that down and she said, she believed me. She knew that it, and it may not have been Jesus, but she knew that I must've seen an angel or something, you know, some spiritual being yeah. that warned me that I needed to stay away from medications. And I was like, oh, I don't have any doubts in my mind that that actually happened. Yeah. And that that interaction and that conversation happened. And then I re relate it to my mom and she recorded it in my journal. And so it's kind of cool because I have always had that. Yeah. I just thought I maybe was a little off my rocker. 
Well, I mean, I'm sure someone listening to this might be like, oh, yeah, okay, this shit gets crazy. But from a spiritual standpoint, like, you know, our beliefs as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that stuff can happen. We can have those personal revelatory experiences. Um, And sometimes it comes in dreams, right? Like sometimes you'll have a dream Mm -hmm. about something and that will be an answer that will be, you know, whatever the comfort that you need or the counsel that you need, whatever, you know, and it doesn't have to be seeing a being, you know, and, or a feeling like there's so many different ways that the spirit can speak to you. Yeah. And that God can speak to you through the spirit. I don't know. People can explain dreams however they want, but I choose to believe in something good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it does anyone any harm mm-hmm. to think that a loved one could come back and, you know, bring you peace. Oh, for sure. You know, it's interesting you shared that story when you were young because Jesse, after my grandma died, my nonna, he came down the stairs one morning. I think I texted you. And he was just beaming. And he's like, I saw I saw Nona. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, she's really happy. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, he was like five or six. Like, why would he just randomly say that? Because it was true. Yeah. And children naturally tell the truth. That's yeah. why in the scriptures it talks about, you know, the little children. Because yeah. they naturally believe forgive and love like that's who they are and that's why we're supposed to be like them because they don't have all the crud that we layer on as we grow older and take on all of the stuff and have these triggers that cause us to have this cellular memory and all these things that cause these problems and so that's why they are more susceptible to the spirit and to the messages from the spirit this experience do you remember that telling your mom that when you were no, sick oh you no. don't that's why I said I'm so grateful that she right. journaled it like yeah. and she didn't journal a lot because I'm the youngest of seven right yeah <laughs> there aren't a lot of pictures there's not a lot of information okay let's just face it now and that's okay because as a mom with so many children I get it yeah I get it like I mean I think about it so many times about like how like now we have cell phones that take pictures, right? Yeah. They had to get out the big old camera. And my mom is not very like mechanically, you know, like she, th- she doesn't have the patience for that stuff. And she's very patient, but not for figuring stuff like yeah. that out. So pic- pictures of me are like <laughs> school pictures and that's about it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, yeah. I was just talking about that um, the other day, like, you know, now we have like 50,000 photos of our kids every single day. But like if my mom brought out a camera, it was like a big oh, yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. And there'd be like the odd picture where we're just hanging out in the backyard because we need to finish off the roll of film. <laughs> to, to take get it to get developed. developed. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. so did that feeling of you felt like your body could heal on its own and that you didn't need certain medications to help aid and whatever it was did that stick with you absolutely yeah when I was a teenager I got pneumonia and it was pretty bad I didn't make the best choices not that I was a super bad kid but I would stay out really late at night and 
it was the summertime, you know, you just, I would sneak out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen, mom. (laughs) She would never know how to listen to a podcast. (laughs) Yes. I guess that's anyway, true. Yeah. She barely knows how to turn on their televisions. So. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I would sneak out of the house at night and I'd like hang out outside like until like two, three in the morning, just hanging out, talking yeah. with friends and stuff, but outdoors. And um, Southern California was kind of polluted back then. And, you know, I, I had a lot of breathing problems as a kid. And yeah, I uh, I got pneumonia pretty bad. And my mom, in her wisdom, I don't know if it was because she remembered that experience, honestly, or what the reasoning was, but she took me to natural doctors, like natural healers. And she would get me on different, like, supplements and things that, you know, whatever we would go to. His name was Dr. Parley. And we would go there and he would muscle test. And honestly, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. That was just the way it was. Like, we'd stick your arm out. He'd put the pill on your chest or, you know, like you'd hold it in your hand like this. And he'd push your arm down and whatever stuck, then that was it. You know, it's um, applied kinesiology and it's muscle testing. It's the way I call it. But, you know, that that was way back when I was like 14, 15 years old. And always. Did your other siblings go to like doctors no. like western medicine oh yeah oh, like okay. regular doctors oh yeah. yeah but for whatever reason my mom wow. would take me to dr parley and get me on supplements when i was sick so that's how i was kind of treated for the pneumonia um i do remember actually having to go on uh medication for it as well but um yeah i that was just normal for me mm-hmm. and i'm so grateful because that's been the wisdom that I have, like, not that I don't believe in like modern medications and doctor interventions when it's necessary and stuff. But I do firmly believe that the herbs and minerals and stuff like that is going to be way better for our bodies to heal than medicating and just learning to cope with symptoms rather than trying to heal the symptoms. Yeah. Well, I, notice that too I mean like we don't have uh, a family doctor or anything like if we're sick we'll go to the Mm walk-in um and so like we're not against it but if I feel a cold or something come up coming on I always go to like what can I do at home Mm -hmm. to try and aid that and most of the time after a week or so it clears up on its own Mm -hmm. um you know my kids have had ear infections and I've never given them antibiotics for it because the same amount of time that it would take for antibiotics to work it can clear up on Mm -hmm. its own my mother-in-law actually told me that because I was you know first time mom like crazy paranoid um I'm trying to think what else oh just lots of things you know and these things are proven to work Mm -hmm. you know garlic if you have a sore throat chew a clove of garlic Mm -hmm. and I promise you it will be gone unless it's probably something you know very serious and The same with ear infections, right? Yes. Garlic oil, mullen. I I make it at home. I yeah. Just make the garlic and mullen and put it in my ear when it's feeling, you know, kind of like cloggy or, you yeah. know, like itchy or whatever. And even sinus stuff, you put it in your ears and it helps. Yeah, because it's all connected. My grandparents were very much like that. Um, I feel like a lot of European people mm-hmm. are, like they're more prone to, not prone to, sorry. 
um, they're more open to that yeah. to different sorts of mm -hmm. medicine and healing. It's really just in our Western world that we're very like, oh, you have the sniffles, you gotta go to the doctor. Oh yeah, go oh, get on an don't antibiotic. Don't you dare touch oils. Don't say oils <laughs> to me. But like, oil is literally. You know, something that people have used for centuries. Oh, yeah. My grandparents well, were, like, yeah. obsessed with olive oil. Olive oil, like, cures everything. Yeah. Sunburn. Maybe not sunburn, but, like, dry skin. Rub oil on your yeah. face. Yeah. Put it in your hair. Yeah. Well, and those are things that God's made. Like, that's the yeah. thing is that our bodies respond better to things that come from the earth, that are grown from the earth, that are grown from seed, that are, you know... That's how God created us to respond to those things. Not that the medications are a bad thing when you need them, but they will never heal what needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you turn to, you know, the medicinal herbs and the different things, those are meant to heal our bodies. Our bodies know what to do with them. That's why we're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables. Right. Our bodies know how to assimilate those and how to use those and create the vitamins and minerals and things that we need to be able to methylate properly, to do, you know, all these things that we're meant to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Went, so you went to a naturopath and you continued to go to various He was a ones. chiropractor that got into oh, okay. herbs. Yeah. And so I, I would go to him and he would give me the herbs and I would respond well. To, I always have responded better to natural healing methods like mm -hmm. using herbs and vitamins and you know the different minerals and things the foundations that our bodies need to be yeah. able to have healthy cells and everything always have responded better to that so he was kind of like when I was 14 started to have a, a lot more stress and you know had the pneumonia and the different things he was the one that was kind of like he's who I went to and then we moved to Utah, and so we didn't go to him. Actually, sometimes I went back to California and went to him. Really? But we found other people, because Utah seems to have a lot of that type of, you know, like, for whatever people who are members, members of our church, on the whole, I really believe they turn to those things like natural healing. I've noticed that being yeah. in the church, and I notice now that it's starting to come, it's starting to grow, and people are like, oh, have you heard of doTERRA? I'm like... Yeah. please yeah. <laughs> like i was the, i was honestly, i've been in and out of it yeah. i know all about young yeah. living or yeah oh yeah young living i worked there and doTERRA i yeah. know the people who started it i was one of the first canadian distributors like it's crazy yeah it is crazy I'm like wow i could have made some bank <laughs> but it well, wasn't with, my with any path. network marketing yeah getting it in the beginning is yeah. like yeah pretty much yeah. guaranteed yeah um but, okay, so yeah. Yeah, so I, I did that. And then, um, so natural healing stuff. And then I went on my mission. And yeah, where did you serve your mission? I served my mission in Poland, Poland-Warsaw so mission. Did and you get really sick there? Isn't that did. when you learned you were allergic to mushrooms? Yes, I did. I am very allergic to mushrooms. That's so crazy. Yeah, very, very sick. It was not... It was a funny experience, but it didn't feel funny at the time. <laughs> no. I was so sick. But yeah, that's where I learned I was allergic to mushrooms. And um, it's interesting, though, thinking about it because, you know, I think we innately know that we're allergic to things because 
I never thought mushrooms looked appealing. <laughs> so I never <laughs> wanted to try them. And I know so many people love them. I'm not yeah. knocking mushrooms, but I just think that it was almost like this innate, I knew that they were not going to settle well with my body. <laughs> like I'm allergic to penicillin. I'm allergic to mushrooms. Okay. How did Fungi you learn... are not my friends. <laughs> How did you learn you were allergic to penicillin? I almost died as a baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got sick and they gave me, my mom took me to the doctor and they gave me like a dose of penicillin and I stopped breathing. And so it happened, the doctor's office happened to be like in the building where the hospital was. So the, anyway, I survived obviously, obviously. but (laughs) yeah. And so penicillin is not my friend, fungus of pretty much any sort. Do you think that maybe like energetically that's how you knew from an early age like it could be certain medications aren't going to work with you probably that i i just don't respond well to fungus there's a fungus among us (laughs) (laughs) anyway sorry so i came home early only by two months but still early because i was really sick on my mission and so my mom was like bam we're gonna just start healing you and so we started going all these different doctors and stuff and the the reason I'm telling this there is a purpose yeah (laughs) it's not just because I talk so much but so there was this man named Jan Graf okay and he was kind of like the pivotal point right there and at the time I didn't realize it but you know when you look back yeah you see this was like a turning point in my life so he has a business. Well, I don't know if he's still doing it, but anyway, it's called Graf Stress Management, Utah, St. George. Okay. okay. So my mom, he, his parents lived in back of my parents. So they said, take her to go see Jan and okay, whatever. I had no idea what I was getting into. Like literally I just like stress management. I don't feel stressed. I'm a pretty easygoing person, but clearly yeah. we don't understand stress. I think we're starting to a little bit better. But so I went to him and it was not like anything I'd ever done before. I laid on a table. He talked to me and he had been a chiropractor as well. Hmm. And he developed this stress management system. He talked to me. He kind of kept his hand Uh where my feet were. (laughs) And I just, he'd talk to me about stuff and then whatever. And I didn't know really what was happening, but I knew it helped. Hmm. That was my first real, I mean, other than essential oils and the chiropractor who did the muscle testing and that was the real energy work. And then we moved here and when we moved here, I was pregnant with Jaden and she was born and well, actually I went down to Utah to have her because I couldn't find anyone up here. That would take me. Why? Oh, because you Because I was American and I didn't have OHIP. So I went down there to have her. She had a very complicated birth and all this stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, when she was born, she was born with a blood disorder. Then we moved up here when she was two months old. She was in the hospital again. And it was really at that time that they, so we discovered she had the blood disorder when we moved here. And they said, the genetics doctor said, if I were you and this were my child, I would not expose her to any chemicals or things that might mm. be harmful to her because you don't know how her blood disorder will interact with those. Because the blood disorder is where the hemes of, of the blood 
don't carry oxygen the way a normal blood cell. So the blood cell has the hemes that carry the oxygen and hers don't, they are misformed or whatever it is where they don't carry the oxygen properly. If she's exposed to chemicals um, or like sickness or whatever, then they can shut down and then she can die. So as a baby, there it was very touch and go. Like she would get cyanosis around her mouth, you know, yeah, the bluing in the say, hands. Didn't that happen to and, her? Yeah, and that it did, and that's how we finally figured out that she had this blood disorder. Wow. When she was born, she was very blue too, yeah. and they didn't know what was wrong, and you know, whatever. She's a Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that's what they call them—the blue people. Really? <laughs> yeah, they call them what do? Oh, yeah. Wow. So I, at that point, I decided I needed to do. I needed to educate myself. Yeah. Uh, like hardcore. I needed to really know what was going into things and buying natural things, natural cleaners and going more the natural, you know, I already kind of was, but yeah. I wasn't as full blown. And this was like, this is my baby. I need to take care of her. I need to make sure she's taken care of. Yeah. And through that, somehow I met this woman who um, was into... I started buying like clean natural cleaning products from her, but she owned this like spa. It was kind of, I don't know if it was really a spa. Anyway, it was over off a baseline and I didn't get a bad feeling about it. I'm pretty good at reading energies of lots of stuff, but I, I never had a problem. I started buying cleaning products from her that were natural. And then I found out that she did something. And I don't, I honestly, I think it was Reiki. But I didn't know what it was called. But I remember one time going to pick up my products from her and she was like, oh, you should come back and let me just take care of you. And, and just, and I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't really understand. (laughs) And then one time she's like, oh, I'd really like you to come back. You seem like you're very stressed. And I was like, and I was like, and she's like, I can, I'll, I'll give you a discount and I know you're a busy mom. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Cool. Like what mom doesn't want to have someone say, Oh, let me come and pamper <laughs> you and take care of you. I'm like, Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> My mother is 3000 miles away. Can you please take care of me? And so I did. And I remember laying on her table and I, like I said, I think it must've been Reiki cause I've had Reiki done since and right. whatever. I remember laying on the table and whenever she was doing whatever she was doing, cause my eyes were closed, I would see all these crazy colors and stuff. And I was like, that is so cool. What is going on? Didn't really understand it. Fast forward years, like, I don't know how many years later. And I started getting more into like essential oil therapies. I got training to do raindrop therapy and how to do emotional release using essential oils and all these different therapies, Vitaflex. And I start doing all these things, not totally connecting the dots that that was energy work, but just knowing this helps, Mm -hmm. this helps other people. This helps me. And why not? Why wouldn't I want to bless other people and my family and myself with these things? And then it was when I think Nolan was a baby that I was introduced to energy work, energy work. Like I realized it was energy work. I was like, this is very interesting. I've been doing this my whole life. Right. But I never recognized that this is what it was. And so... I, um, it was, we had moved into, at the time it was third ward. (laughs) Does that make sense? Can I even, okay. I'm like, people listening to this that aren't members of our church probably like, what does that mean? So anyway. It's just a different 
uh, congregation. congregation. Yeah. 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 So I'd been in second ward. We moved houses. And so we started going to third ward. And the first Sunday there, I sat next to a woman and we started chatting and her name was Susan Goobler. And I was like, Susan Goobler, Goobler's the St. George name. Like it's a, you know, like I'm like, my parents have lived there. And so we start talking. Sure enough, guess where she's from? Southern Utah. (laughs) And her sister's Carolyn Cooper. And she, and I had heard of Carolyn Cooper, but I didn't really know she was into energy work. I knew she did Tai Chi and I had some of her pregnancy Tai Chi like DVDs. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And she's like, oh, yeah, obviously you've heard of her. And that was kind of it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to research her more. So I researched her more and I found out she was an an energy worker, but I didn't totally understand it. Then I started to make appointments with with her and I noticed a difference in my own energy and everything. And I was like, ooh, then I wanted to take the class. So I signed up for the class and I was supposed to go in January of 2009, but I was pregnant with Soraya. So Soraya is my number five baby and, and I had complications with my pregnancy. And so I couldn't travel to go take the classes down in Utah. And so I, I deferred the class until August of 2009. So that was my turning point of being like seeking out energy work. And then now I'm going to become an energy worker. But then there was a complication of Soraya was born still. Mm-hmm. And when I went, went in for my, int- <laughs> my um, induction, they found out that she didn't have a heartbeat. And I was like, you know, that was hard. That was July. And I was supposed to be taking this class in August, oh, the end of yeah. August. And, um, I knew I still wanted to do it. It was supposed to be a big family trip for everyone to meet our new baby that didn't end up sticking around and, you know, whatever. And I just knew this was the right time. I'm not going to back out of this. And so I still went through with it and I did the training and it was amazing how much just learning those tools of back then it was called Calico Healing then it became simply healed and now it's like simply align. So anyway, she's changed the name a few times, but it's the same thing. But those tools really helped me to heal. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Did that help you? Yeah. Heal? It was amazing learning how to help other people heal using those tools on myself so mm-hmm. that I could cope. And I had, I remember somebody saying to me one time right after she died, we're all waiting for you to crack. Like we were, we're all just waiting to, you know, really see you just fall apart. Fall apart. But I didn't. Yeah. Well, that's not true. You had moments. I, sure. I did. I definitely did. I, um, looking back at it, I think it would have been probably better emotionally if I had, because, I would have had to deal with the emotions that I stuffed away, right. but. I also feel like I handled it in a way that was very healing because I did allow myself to use those tools to feel better. I wanted to be a um, practitioner and doing that modality. And then I went to get set apart for the calling. Thank you for bringing us back. (laughs) That's why you got a podcast. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, in the blessing, 
I very distinctly remember being told that at this time in my life, I needed to put other things aside and focus on my family. Hmm. And I knew immediately what that meant. Hmm. And I went, oh, crap. So we should also explain that when you get set apart for a calling in our church, which is basically a volunteer position that you dedicate your time and efforts to. So you are given a blessing um, that just helps give you strength Mm -hmm. and... um, Well, we call it setting apart because it's giving us the the spiritual um, whatever. Yeah. Blessing of being able to perform whatever task it is so that we can maybe have additional help from God to do what we're meant to do in that capacity. I love it. So these people don't prepare ahead of time. They say it as it comes to them. Um, And so this person had no idea that you were planning to start a business. So the fact that he said those words specifically to you, you felt like it Mm -hmm. was God telling you. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely, the spirit testified to me. I felt that pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really great at remembering what's said in, you know, I've had lots setting of apart. setting <laughs> apart <laughs> blessings, any of those things, yeah. you know, unless it's on paper, it's like one yeah. ear and out the other, you know, like, but I very distinctly, the spirit said, listen up, this is information you need to, you know, pay attention to. And I went, oh crap, I just <laughs> did all this training and, you know, so I was like, okay. And I was okay with it. I really was because the spirit said to me, you know, this is something you need to pay attention to. So I was okay with it because of that witness. And so I kind of like, I mean, I still did it. I definitely still did it. I did it for friends. I did it for family and I kept my domain. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's mine. Don't anyone touch it. And so, you know, and that was fine. And so then it, I did different classes and things here and there. I did um, Wendy Jensen's mm-hmm. uh, A Body of Light. I think that's what it was called. Pretty sure that's what it was called. So that was all about the chakras or the chakras, depending on who you are. Chaka chaka chi. Yeah. Chaka con. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, don't start I with know, lyrics. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> you know that I. Would... I did the uh, chakra thing too, and it yeah. was so enlightening. Yeah, it was so awesome. Like you I loved it so much. Yeah. I wonder if I still have my things here. Well, probably. Then and maybe... if you don't. I'm sorry, but yeah, it was a great class. I I had never like in, um, simply healed or whatever it's called now, simply align. Um, we learn about seven energy systems. Um, so we learned about the aura. We learned about the chakras. We learned about the meridians. I have aura written down. We we have the, um, the grid. We have the Celtic weave and the primary rhythms. And what did I miss? I don't know what I missed anyway. But anyway, so we learned about all of those in the simply healed, simply aligned method, but this was like an intense class, right? Like it was like a eight week class. And each week we would talk about the chakras and it was very in depth and it was so enlightening. I really liked it, but that was kind of like, I had gotten to the point where I hadn't really been learning much as far as like energy work. I'd read books here and there, wasn't doing it as a business because I had a growing family and I'd had that blessing. And so I'd kind of put it aside. And, um, so 
But then it was like, I just felt it was time for me to step it up. It was time for me to have more tools Mm -hmm. to help my family, myself, my, like everyone, you know, I just like, okay, it's time. So I took that class and then that was kind of like, I kind of got the fire lit under my butt. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, I, this really is my jam. Like it really, really is. This is something that I'm actually good at. And when you feel for so long, you're not good at anything that you don't have anything. Like, I mean, it wasn't that I hadn't gone to university. I totally had. I had graduated. You know, I had had these visions of working for an airline, doing marketing. Like, that was what I wanted to do and travel the world. And let's go back to Jan Graff. Jan Graff, one time when I went to him, he said to me, what are you going to school for? And I told him, oh, I plan, you know, this is my dream. I'm going to into business. I'm going to do marketing for an airline. So I'm doing marketing. I'm doing um, travel and tourism and business. And I'm this is what I'm going to do. And he said, he just looked at me. And in his sweet, kind way that he, he just was a very kind man. Oh, well, he still is. He's alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's still alive. <laughs> he's, he just said, you'll figure it out, but that is not your path. Really? And I was like, oh, and I think about that so often. And I, and I think, gosh, darn, I could have saved a lot of time if he had just been like, you're a healer. Right. <laughs> like, Hello. <laughs> you don't know that yet. But, but I didn't. But I do firmly believe that God leads us in the past that we need to learn and grow. And had he said that, I would have been like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like I probably was not ready for it back then. Well, obviously I wasn't because if I had been, I would have been on that path sooner. But so I, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. This is what I really feel I am good at. And I remember an experience, this is kind of a tangent, but it still has to do with energy work. So I remember I was at a, um, like a Relief Society, what are they called? Saturdays. What? Are Super they? Saturdays. Super Saturday. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I happened to be there and I, you know, I have that like social, it's not really social anxiety, but because of the fact that I pick up on other people's energy, it is a challenge for me to be in large groups. Mm. And I never really recognized that. I just knew I didn't enjoy it. I just had a hard time. And as much as I wanted to make friends and I wanted, you know, whatever, because of the fact that I pick up on other people's stuff, their every emotion, every like, you know, I'm like, it was hard for me before I learned more tools to be. But anyway, I happened to be at one. Good me. And I was walking out one of the doors and I saw this sister was trying to get something in the high cupboards in the Relief Society room. And she fell off the chair right when I was walking out. And I ran in there and immediately put my hands. I knew instinctively where she had hurt herself. And I put my hands on her because it was my instinct. And immediately she goes, wow, what did you just do? And I was like, I'm a healer. And that creeped her out. Mm-hmm. And I could tell it creeped her out. But she felt 
the change. She felt the shift and the clearing of the energy and the realigning of the muscles and whatever it was that she had twisted when she fell. And she couldn't believe it. And I suddenly became afraid. Mm. And I went, oh, no. I just admitted that I'm a healer to someone that had no idea. But obviously, I could tell by her, you know, like, she she knew what happened. And we never talked about it ever again. And I, I felt shame. And I think that's the first time I really, truly felt shame that I had this gift. And I should have never felt that. But you know when you're in a situation yep. where you, it's like, you know it's there. And you know that there really is nothing wrong with that spiritual gift that God has blessed you with. And you knew that it was something that might make people uncomfortable. And then it just happens. Yeah. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. Like, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions about energy work are? That it's witchcraft. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It is not witchcraft. Um, Well, it's not to say that there's not witchcraft out there, but that is not a good thing. When people think of witchcraft, they think of like women in black robes, like collecting eyeballs and like, but witchcraft is not that. No. No, it's... like, well, Wiccans consider themselves yes. witches. And, um, I mean, if you actually delve into the history of Wiccan and all that stuff, like, well, that's not me. Yeah. But I'm just saying I have known people that have been involved in Wiccan and actually they're lovely people. Yes. I mean, and they believe in holistic healing and, you know, they believe in the gift of healing. Mm. There's dark magic as yes. well, which is completely yes. different. Yes. And, but energy work and energy healing is not like, there's not a lot of people that look at that as this is a healing that everyone has really yeah. because we are God's children. Why wouldn't he entrust us with things and tools that we could heal? He made our bodies so that they could heal. Mm-hmm. Our bodies have an immune system. Our bodies heal. You cut yourself, you heal. Okay, occasionally you need to get a sure. stitch. Yeah. However, you know, you get an abrasion. Keep it clean, it will heal. God made us that way. And energy healing and energy work is is just that. It's clearing the blocks that we create so that we can heal. Body, mind, and spirit. And so, like, the misconceptions are that it's witchcraft, that it is not of the light or of God or of source energy or whatever you choose to mm-hmm. name yeah. God. <laughs> I yeah. prefer God prefer because God. that's yeah. my lingo and, you know, that's what I believe in and, you know, and I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe that he was our example of not only how we should treat other people in kindness and compassion, but also he healed. Yeah. And we are God's children. Why wouldn't we be able to do that? Why wouldn't we be able to use our love and light to help heal? It just, it doesn't like to separate the two, like 
it doesn't even make sense to me because Mm -hmm. I see it as, well, we are God's children. We're meant to do this. Um, so what do you think the misconceptions are? That's what I was going to say. Well, obviously witchcraft. Oh, I know that it's something that if you do energy work, um, or believe in it, then you oppose Western medicine, Mm. which we've talked about already. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Well, and not only that, but I I can tell you that when I did start, um, my dad and my brother would send me articles and things all the time about how it is not in alignment with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it is, that it goes against the priesthood and all these things. And, and I will say that because it was something that I felt so um, driven to do, I knew it was something that I was meant to do. I had prayed about it and I've always been a person of light. I like for them, for my family to be even implying that I was not in the light. Mm -hmm. I was very hurt by that. It was very hurtful Yeah, because I was like, do you even know me? Do you know the type of person I am and how sensitive I am to the, the adversary versus the light and you know, the love of God? Like, (laughs) I, I don't, I, I was very hurt by that. It was very hurtful, but you know, I knew enough that it was like, well, I know what it is. I have enough knowledge and see, this is the thing is that when we don't have the knowledge we fear when we don't know about things we fear. And so they had no idea. My brother had had an experience on his mission in Texas with some woman who did something and it freaked him out. I honestly don't know what it was, but she called it energy work. And so he thought all energy work is bad. Yeah. And if you have that mindset, of course it is. Mm -hmm. But if you're open to the possibilities like yeah. we are creators because we're God's children. We are creators. And so if we create that fear in ourselves, guess what? There's your reality. Yeah. Well, it's so true. And that goes with anything. Yep. So I always, I've been more conscious about having an open mind to things that I was not normally opposed to or had been opposed to. And I mean, just being open to the idea of it, you know, I, certain things, yeah, I still don't believe that, but I understand why someone else might choose it or be open to it. Living in fear, it just holds you back and it prevents you from, from so much. I mean, my time with you and when you, from the minute that you like introduced me to what it is that you do, it was always with aligned with the gospel, with what you and I both believe, the shared belief that we have, and it was always relating back to Jesus Christ, the atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It was never, ever like, this is in place of your husband giving you a priesthood blessing. You know, priesthood blessings, they're not meant to be for like, oh, I have cramps. Oh, give me a priesthood blessing. They're very sacred, personal, deep, things that we are able to have but it's you know like a a priesthood blessing for like the sick 
is meant for like when you're really sick, mm-hmm. you know, priesthood blessing of comfort and counsel. Yeah. If I really need a blessing, Stephen will do that for me, but he'll always, not always, but like sometimes I'd ask and he's like, that's, you know, you can pray for that. That's something you can pray for. Mm-hmm. So, and you're entitled to. Yes. This is why it's important to me to learn additional skills and to consider the possibilities because knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And, and if you expect, the other thing I really like is the, the thought of you wouldn't try to build a house without a blueprint. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just start trying to piece things together and figure out how to build a house. And if you did, it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't turn out that <laughs> Probably great. not. I mean, you know, like you, Joel Gibson would not try and build your own house. No. Because you don't have that skill set. You don't have the knowledge base to do that. Your husband, Stephen, wouldn't go and try <laughs> and run a big corporate company because that's not his passion. It's not his knowledge base. It's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and so it's like, build upon the knowledge that you need to do what you desire. Mm. And not just that. I mean, it's okay to look other places, but build on your desires, build on your dreams, go the route that you want to go and do it with knowledge and continue to build on that knowledge. We're here to gain knowledge. We're here to learn and to grow and that like that's why we're here when we're creators that's the other thing you know you we carry so much crap so much crap from our ancestors from our personal experiences and the fact that we can heal from all of that we're not just healing ourselves we're healing the generations and i totally believe that with all of my heart and i know because i've seen it mm-hmm. i have seen things that how else would you explain it? Yeah. We're turning the hearts, the fathers to the children, children to the fathers. You know, we want to heal our ancestors and they want us to heal. And so that's probably one of the most beautiful things is that sometimes we don't realize the, the things that we're going through are really not our own, that their cellular memory that these are things in our DNA that are triggering us, whether it be our own experience or our ancestors, but we have the power to correct it and to fix it and to heal it. You used to do, I don't know if you still do it, but remember when you did like the life time like the oh the, the timeline the timeline time yeah that I was still do like that. the coolest thing I've ever experienced and okay I'm going to share a story um maybe I'll include it maybe I won't but when you did the timeline for me you went through like various ages mm-hmm. um and like cleared blocks and you stopped when I was 10 And like, you're like, oh, there's like a few blocks here. And that was when my grandfather and my cousin died. So it was like a lot of emotional pain. And then you did okay, like little things here and there. And then you're like, whoa, 
Okay, what? Okay, no, I can't go on. 18. What happened to 18? And I had never, like, I didn't tell you anything. You had no idea about my history, but that was, like, the most traumatic thing that I had ever been through physically, emotionally, ever. (laughs) And so when you picked up on those blocks, it was like, okay. (laughs) There's no way this woman who I've known for, like, a month would know that like, I have this deep-rooted trauma mm-hmm. at this exact age. And so, yeah, yeah, we really bonded over that. Yeah. And we got to share. Well, and the thing is, I've learned even so much since then, right? Like, right. I am, I, I've learned so much about the trauma and about PTSD and mm. how there's, there's cycles involved with that. There's so much involved with it. But, like, that there's these cycles that... If you are traumatized by an experience or anything, and honestly, it can be as simple as your parent gave you something, or gave, sorry, gave your sibling something and not you. Yeah, that's trauma. That is trauma. Yeah. And I, I think it's beautiful that people are actually starting to recognize that yes. and acknowledge that because nobody can put meaning on the trauma that you go through mm. except for you. Like, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, anyway, so I've learned a lot about trauma. I've learned about, um, how it can create all these ripple effects. Interesting. And I've learned how to negate those or put them into homeostasis so that you don't keep reliving that. And honestly, clearing trauma cycles has been one of the greatest gifts that I've been giving, given through learning additional tools yeah. with energy work. I've really come to realize in all the classes I've done, in all the years, and all the reading, all the things I've learned, we are a body, a mind, and a spirit. Mm-hmm. You can't just address one. You have to address it all. Like, it's wonderful to say, read your scriptures, go to church, do the, you know, and then everything will be okay. But that you can't ignore your physical body. Yeah. You can't ignore your mind. You need to take care of all of it. You need to not just read your scriptures. You need to eat good food. Yeah. You need to give your body the fuel and the the vitamins and minerals and things that it needs so that it can nutritionally function, you know, you you need rest. Yeah. You need enough sleep. You need, you know, you need to make sure your mind is not messing with you. You know, your ego mind, not just your ego mind, but you know, like our brains are there to keep us safe. Our brains are there to make sure that we are okay. Our soul or our spirit is there to help us feel God's love. And it's there to help us remember who we are. Our bodies are here to help us move through this life. Like it's, they are all intermingled and they're meant to be. And we're not meant to just focus on one thing and not the other. We have to address all of it. And I think that's one of the things I love so, so much about energy work is the fact that you like, at least with the skills that I have and the things I've learned, I don't take any of the credit. 
I really don't. And if I ever do, I would really appreciate it if someone would smack me and say, <laughs> wake up, woman, because it's not me. It's just that I've been taught and I have these beautiful blessings that God's given me that I can pick up on these things, that I can see these things. And I know how to clear the blocks so that you can heal. And that's the key. But it always takes you having the faith and the willingness and the trust in God's love and in the atonement that you can heal. It's like I loved the, the podcast with Lisa, you know, mm-hmm. and her um, her grace in being willing to admit that she needs God. Yeah. And I loved that. I thought that was beautiful. And addiction can come in all kinds of forms. We can come, you know, come along and say, oh, yeah, we're we've never had a problem with drugs or we've never had a problem with alcohol, but maybe our addiction is something else. It could be addiction to your phone. It could be an addiction even to something. Drama. Uh, drama. Oh, that's a huge yep. one. Addiction to being a victim. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction to drama. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. So many <laughs> people don't one. even see that, but it's true. It's like you've, you've got to feed off that, you know, constant, would you say that like, um, being like a pessimist, pes- making up a word, <laughs> a pessimistic person, could that be an addiction to like oh, yeah. negativity? Oh yeah. To always seeing the bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People have such a linear view of addiction. Yeah. But it's not, it, yeah. I, I mean, addiction comes in all kinds of forms and you know, none of us should be throwing stones at anyone else about it. And because it's there, I don't know. I, I really like trauma has been a huge thing because you, I used to think, oh, PTSD has to do with soldiers or veterans or, you know, whatever. And, and I think that has been the mindset for so long that people don't, didn't realize. I think it's more starting. Yeah. Just starting. Yeah. It's, more than just that yeah it can be anything and i you know we need to heal ourselves we need to take the time and love ourselves enough to allow the healing it's like the the commandment love thy savior <laughs> love thy love thy neighbor, neighbor as thyself, thyself. that yeah. means you have to love yourself exactly love yourself first yeah. because you cannot love yourself without loving others so rupaul you know the Mm -hmm. drag um drag queen at the end of his show drag race he says this he to everyone he says if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else can i get an amen up in here amen (laughs) (laughs) and it's so true it is so true and i've been saying that like honestly I've been preaching that (laughs) for a long time because you cannot expect to have a good relationship with your spouse, with your children, Mm -hmm. with your parents, your siblings, with your neighbors, anyone. And honestly, what do we have when we leave this world? When we pass through that tunnel or whatever you want to believe is happening, when your body and your spirit leave, what do you have? You have your relationships. That is it. You don't have the nice house. Mm-hmm. You don't have the best car. You don't have, you know, you have the knowledge and your relationships. And hopefully those are things that you're proud of that you have. 
and you've put time and effort and love into those things because that is all you've got. And so, you know, we're, we're here to build these relationships. We're here to heal ourselves and to gain knowledge. Hello. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I want to say that when you don't heal yourself from that trauma, um, like I promised you, I promised people that it will manifest in severe ways. So when I started having panic attacks, it, it like felt like everything that I had ever been through was just like, it filled my body. Like I couldn't escape it. And so it was, my mind was like overloaded. And so it was like playing tricks on me, you know, like, Oh, you're still here. No. Oh my gosh. I'm here right now with my kids and like all these scary things were happening. So it does catch up with you. It's the same as anything in your body. If you don't eat, you know, if you don't drink water at all throughout the day, by five o'clock, by three o'clock, you're going to feel the effects of that. If you don't sleep for a week, you're going to feel the effects of that. If you don't heal from your trauma, you, eventually you're going to feel the effects from that if you aren't already, mm -hmm. you know? And I think so many people don't realize that it manifests in ways that change your day to day. Mm -hmm. you know? That's just one of the things that's like, that's part of trauma. That's part of PTSD. We need to deal with it and get over it so we can heal. And it's very important to do. Otherwise, we relive that and yeah. over and over and over again. And so when Lisa talked about, you know, her memories and her always looking for reasons to drink instead of reasons not to. But now she's flipped that, you know, yeah. and, she, and she's healed from that. And she sees that that isn't like, that's not doing her any favors, you know. And I really loved that, that she's now able to recognize that mm -hmm. that was not a good way for her to be living. And now she'd like to change it. She wants to try a new choice. You know? yeah. <laughs> and she's making new choices. Yeah. And it's so nice to see that she loves herself enough now that she's wanting to heal. Mm -hmm. Energy yeah. work is so individual because there's no cookie cutter thing. It's not going to be like, oh, it's always going to be this. That's one of the things that like when I was doing essential oils, like I still do essential oils, but when I was telling people about essential oils, I always said, learn how to muscle test. Yeah. Because if somebody says to you, here's lavender, lavender's really good for blah, 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 blah. Well, that's very special. Thank you for sharing that. But guess what? I hate lavender. <laughs> like I seriously don't even like lavender. Yeah. And so for you to tell me, well, lavender's beautiful oil that does this and this. I'm like, that's nice. I think it's garbage. You know? Yeah. I am not like. Remember my reaction to frankincense? Yeah. People were like, frankincense is so great for whatever, whatever. I put it on and honestly, it, it felt like a huge magnet was pulling my body down. Yeah. And I was gagging. I had yeah. to turn it off and, and throw it out. And people will be like that yeah. because we're individuals. It's not a cookie cutter thing. Whatever you need, you will be drawn to. So what's a great resource for people to learn how to muscle test? Just Google oh, there's, it? Well, I mean, I have videos that 
I can recommend to people, um, and I have in the past when I've encouraged people learn how to muscle test, but there's so much content out there yeah. and muscle testing is muscle testing. It's applied kinesiology. Google it, you know, yeah. applied kinesiology. It's pretty straightforward. And like I said before, every cell of your body responds to truth. And sometimes that's not to say sometimes your muscle testing can't be messed up. If you are ungrounded, it will be messed up almost assuredly. What are some tips you have for people to ground themselves? First of all, what does grounding mean? Grounding means, well, you've got the polarity of, so it basically goes back to your chakras. You've got your root chakra that grounds you. It connects you to the earth where we are because we are physical beings. And then we've got our crown chakra that connects us to the heavens and to God. I mean, it, that's probably the short answer. Yeah. Grounding really just means that you are able to be connected into your body and to this earth where you are physically here now and you need to be connected. You, an easy way to see if you are ungrounded or no, not grounded, whatever you want to call it, is um, how are you dealing with life? Are you feeling chaotic? Are you... Um, you know, not, not really dealing with things easily. Are you being triggered easily? Um, are you not acting the way you normally would, you know, like, you know, who you truly are and what you're really like. If you're snapping at your children, mm -hmm. if you're feeling triggered by things around you, chances are you're not grounded. <laughs> And really, it's not that hard to get grounded. Um, one of the easiest ways to get grounded is look at the tip of your nose. Oh, and my eyes are closing. And just keep, just keep looking until your eyes naturally go back to their or like natural state. And they will. Yeah, I and can it, feel it And you'll feel now. grounded. Wow. So that is, you know, you could do it with your finger. Bring your finger towards you and keep watching it until... Your eyes will just unfocus on your finger. And then you're probably grounded. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's a really easy way to do it. Wow. I mean, or you can just be like, ground me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People make it seem so much more complicated than it has to be. I mean, like, I've heard people be like, oh, take your shoes off, go outside. Yeah. And those are beautiful ways to do it, too. But in the winter, I'm not going to go step out in the Yeah, <laughs> who wants to go get their feet cold? Like hypothermia, you know? yeah. just to ground myself. No, you can but yeah, that's a beautiful way to do it in the summer, especially. Oh, yeah. Like, nature is a quick way to ground. Yeah. You go out in nature and just enjoy God's creations, and you will ground. That's so interesting because so many people who are... Um, overcoming a major trauma often find solace in nature you know oh I love going for walks I love going for hikes now and it's like yeah yeah that's why God made that connecting yeah. to the earth yeah. um if people did have questions about energy work or wanted help with something could they contact you oh heck yes just like through Instagram or yep I have an Instagram I have a Facebook and I have a website yeah. and I can be you know and I'm so willing to share. Yeah. I'm willing to help people and I'm willing, you know, and that's a 
both Sage and Jaden are always like, Mom, you always just give everything away. I know, you do. <laughs> like, you give oils away. You give, you know, you're like, oh, I know how to fix that. I Let know. me help you. And it's like, I, Carolyn Cooper always said, we're like the cleaning ladies. We clean, <laughs> we clean up the energy so that you can, you know, do your thing yeah. and, and heal. And that's true. It is so true. Energy work is very much that. It's, yeah. it's healing, clearing out the blocks so that you can heal yourself. And that's really, that's it. Energy work is cleaning the blocks up. And that means in your DNA, it means, you know, in your mind, your body, your spirit. Like I've learned so much over the years from different classes and things that I've taken. And I kind of just like put it all together and, and intuition. And because I have the faith, I know people can heal. I see the potential and I literally can see, and I know this is going to sound so weird because it sounds so weird, but it's the truth. I can see where there's blocks in the energy. And when I like, when I do a session, I literally, it's like, I like unroll this like scroll that here's your body right before me and, you know, creativity, creativity, and um, intuition and, you know, all that, it, it's right there in front of me. And I can see, oh, look, there's this little, you know, I need to balance the energy there or I need, you know, and because I have taken the time to take so many classes and because I've put all these tools in my tool chest, I know how to help. And it's not me doing the healing ever. It's me unblocking so that you can have the faith so you can heal. Mm -hmm.